2 has entered the podcast. Welcome, welcome back, people, to Player 2 Has Entered the Podcast. The podcast where we talk about video games, nerd shit, and just a couple of guys catching up for the week. I am your co-host, Mike, a.k.a. MC Paperstacks. And with me, as always, is my co-host with the co-most, Derek, a.k.a. Full Metal Merc. Another week. Episode 64. Yes. Keeping them coming. It is. It's Super Nintendo 64. Sorry. Oh, shit. That's the name of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> or will it? You got to keep them in right. suspense. I mean, they'll, they'll mm. know because they'll see it and they'll go, no, it's later. Or, yeah, right. nailed it. One of those two. <laughs> what if it was one of those two? So this week... I don't think we have a lot of personal stuff going on, but some cool shit happened. We had the Matrix Resurrections trailer that dropped, the Matrix 4, essentially. Yes. And uh, I mean, we talked about it briefly during the week, and we kind of had differing opinions on it. I don't know if that's mm-hmm. changed since the last time I spoke with you, but I'll let you go first. Give us your thoughts on the existence uh, of the Matrix Resurrections. I don't mind it existing. <laughs> but I don't wait hold on <laughs> that sounds terrible <laughs> I don't mind existing but I don't like it <laughs> you may exist movie right to entertain right. me oh man I was so hyped to see this trailer and it just it didn't do it for me so you I knew the trailer was dropping I, or you just heard it was yeah out yeah no it. I knew I knew the trailer was dropping I was like mm-hmm. I was waiting on it I was like ooh, Matrix trailer ooh, baby. and then watching the whole trailer I was like this doesn't feel like the Matrix to me Mm. This feels like a different movie, and they just threw the Matrix name on it. That's interesting. It's really interesting. Uh, So you were looking forward to it, one, and disappointed Mm -hmm. by it, two. I was not looking forward to it. If I had heard about it, I would have been like, "Mm." and then when I did hear about it, I went and watched it, and I ended up liking it. Go figure. Now, we were at different ages and it's different points in time when Matrix 1, 2, and 3 came out. I think when Matrix 1 came out, you were a baby baby. You were a little baby. little baby nine-year-old. Yeah. So, you got it. I saw it. You saw it? I was like, okay. He snuck out to the R-rated theater and he saw it. No, my uh, stepdad was really excited to see it at the time. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We gonna go watch the ba- we gonna watch the Matrix. Mm. He's like, oh, look at that, Derek. Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> it was so crazy. It was so revolutionary. The Matrix, man. So uh, no, the Matrix. Uh, like, yeah, just it, to give props to the Matrix for a second. God damn, dude. Yeah. That I mean, the amount of influence there. I mean, there are some things. There are points in time where it's just before that thing happened and after that thing happened. The discovery mm-hmm. of fire, sliced bread. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the Nintendo Entertainment System, the Matrix. Right. For films, it was amazing. And it spawned a lot of bullshit, but it spawned a lot of good. Like it inspired people too. I, I believe there's a lot of good shit out there thanks to the Matrix. But two and three, like I like the Animatrix. That was kind of like a prequel to the Matrix. I thought that was fantastic. We've discussed it here and there on the show. It comes up by virtue of how it was presented, it was very unique at the time. Two and three. I did not like two and three. And I don't know if we've ever discussed like two, this. At least? I did not like two. I thought two was really? rushed and I thought it was bullshit and I thought it didn't have the same kind of care or forethought or planning or writing as the original one. I thought they it felt like a cash in. I mean, they wrote I don't think they wrote themselves into a corner necessarily, but at the end of the Matrix movie, if there was gonna be a sequel, and the sequel would probably be the liberation of mankind, right? Because Neo found right. his power or whatever. But you launch into the sequel, 
and he's already having trouble with agents. This motherfucker literally stopped bullets <laughs> and blasted off in the sky like Superman at the end of the first film. And yeah. then he's just back to, ooh, oh, I'm having trouble with agents. And they explained this. it away with one line. Do you remember the line they explained away why he was having trouble with the I, agents? I don't. He I don't stops. Know. He goes, whoosh, upgrades. Oh, yeah. <laughs> upgrades? upgrades? Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, he didn't say like. He's- Upgrades. <laughs> he was like, whoa, upgrades. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, don't get me wrong. There was some cool shit about and some goofy shit that ended up being cool just because I loved it. But mm. about the sequel, I loved going to Zion. I loved Morpheus's speech. Zion, hear right. me. <laughs> and then like the party. Hear me. Hear me. <laughs> Machines. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but the the slapdash explanation, the architect, ergo, concordantly, vis-a-vis, mm, right. fuck that, fuck that guy, fuck the meandering plot, fuck all the, the loose, bad explanations they gave for the trouble. They could have continued with something great, and I feel like they just didn't really know where to go, and the studio was pressuring them to put it, they're like, this is hot, fucking, it makes yeah. money, dollar dollar bills, y'all. Right. There was before The Matrix, and there's after. Now that we're after, make more. Right. The Wachowskis were going through their own transitions at the time. I mean, they started as the Wachowski brothers, and then one of them transitioned to a transgender woman, and then the other one followed suit. Oh, I know. Uh, yeah, yeah, they're both, they were the Wachowski sisters now. And the director of this film seems to be just one of the Wachowski sisters for oh, Resurrections. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I saw when I saw the name come up, I was like, Ooh, did one of them have a daughter? Hey, you know what's really they gonna? Even, yeah. You know what's really gonna bake your noodle later on? Oh, the first Matrix is allegory for being transgender before transition. I have to think on that. Oh yeah, dude. There are like there are think pieces and theses out there on YouTube that you can watch, and it is insane. But it it holds up, and considering the kind of inner turmoil of the writers and directors themselves, you can kind of see that play out. I mean, it's amazing. So yeah, I love the Matrix two and three, mm, not so much, and that's why I wouldn't have been excited for four. But what I liked about four, four is doing, I think, what, and this is going to be kind of a bad example considering how it panned out. But remember how much everybody appreciated Episode Seven, Star Wars. Uh, what was yeah. what was Force it called? Awakens. Force Awakens. Thank you, because it was kind of a soft reboot. They continued the story from the previous six films, but they were recreating the spirit of the original Episode Four, right? Right. And I feel like that's what's happening here with the Matrix. I feel like somehow the liberation that was achieved at the end of the Matrix Three was you know, rewritten or they tricked the heroes. They're obviously back in the matrix. And so now Neo is going down that path again of rediscovery. Mm -hmm. And it got me excited because I really love the plot of the first film. And I liked all the action. I thought it looked great. And I'm cautiously optimistic. I mean, because maybe you can't catch lightning in a bottle a second time. Oftentimes you can't, but it, it looked like, everybody involved just from the trailer because the trailer was just cut fantastically to me it looks like everybody's giving an effort and maybe they actually have something to say and i'm hopeful that they do and i'm just a huge mark for keanu reeves you know how it is so, yeah, yeah. he, he looks like john wick in this movie yeah. which was what throwing me off here's the thing Lawrence fishburne 
is confirmed not to be in the movie. Okay. Mm -hmm. Here's an interesting little tidbit I learned between the last time we spoke and now. Do you recall the Matrix MMO? Yes. The Matrix MMO, Morpheus was assassinated. There was a funeral for him and everything. You could attend it. That was considered canon. So I'm wondering if they're going to continue on that storyline that somewhere in between three and now or, you know, online or whatever. And maybe they even what weave that into the events of how Neo was captured again. But more, I don't think Morpheus is going to be alive in this one. That's part of the reason why Lawrence Fishburne didn't come back. I think he, he was assassinated for all intents and purposes. So that's that's the theory that's floating out there. And it's pretty solid. But uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm excited. You know what? It doesn't really matter. Low investment because come December 22nd, it's in theaters, HBO. but it's on that HBO oh. Max. HBO Max. <laughs> premium purchase. Yeah. <laughs> Monthly premium purchase. So I'm going to be there day one checking it out, and I'm looking forward to it. And it may be crappy. And if it is, like I said, it's a low investment for me. I'm cautiously optimistic. Wow. I did not expect that we would talk about Matrix Resurrections yeah. for that long. <laughs> Me either. But again, before Matrix, after Matrix. I mean, right. what are you going to do? It's it's a movie, right? Mm-hmm. So speaking of movies, we're going to move on to TV shows because we did get a chance to watch What If, Episode 5. Mm-hmm. I have not spoken to you at all about this episode this week. Right. So I'm kind of excited to hear what you think. Now, again, we'll go into light spoiler territory, but for a quick plot synopsis, what if zombies? Yeah. The setup is basically when Bruce Banner gets beamed back to Earth with the Bifrost after the Thanos attack. He goes to warn everybody on Earth, but it's deserted practically. And then he sees some of the Avengers and they're zombies. Come to find out... When Hope and Ant-Man, so Ant-Man and the Wasp, basically, when they went into, is it, uh, what is it called? The Quantum Realm. The Quantum Realm, thank you. Yeah. To retrieve her mother. Her mother, they found her mother just like in Ant-Man and the Wasp, but she had contracted some kind of Quantum Realm disease that zombified her. She then infected the old Ant-Man, Hank Pym, they came back and just spread it everywhere. Yeah. Uh, and it <laughs> it was most certainly <laughs> wild. And I kind of love this episode. I mean, you could say it was dark too, but it was really hopeful throughout and it was upbeat despite the fact mm-hmm. that most of everyone that, who you know and love is dead. And the, the thing I thought was really neat about the zombies was that they retained their powers and the faculty yeah. to use their powers. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. That's wild. So so Doctor Strange as a zombie was still doing the circle thing mm-hmm. and like making portals. I was like Iron Man still like using his armor flying around and stuff. Right. Like, so so bro, could you imagine I mean, first of all zombies, right? Mm. Uh but the, the thing about zombies is if you know the rules, which is why of course Spider-Man's one of the people to survive cuz he's out here like I watch all the movies. Right. But if you I was like, how do you know these rules because if you know the rules, you aim for the head, you just don't get bit, right? We all know that. Mm-hmm. But how do you how do you stop zombie Doctor Strange from biting you if he can just teleport his head anywhere he wants? Or zombie Hank Pym. Yeah, well, we saw how effective yeah. he can be, right? Right. <laughs> Zombie Thor. They're, just, they're building up Hank Pym to be the ultimate villain. The, right? That's that's two universe. episodes where he just totally fucked everyone because he decided, right. to, you know, that's crazy. 
But yeah, the story went in a completely wild direction. There was a lot of really cool use of powers of people both zombified and not zombified fighting each other. Um, there was that, I mean, the, the cape survived. There was a cool moment where it wrapped around, mm-hmm. you know, we, which we saw from the trailers. It was on Spider-Man. And we got a lot of good character interaction with Sharon Carter. Mm-hmm. Yep, Sharon Carter. Hope. Yep, the leader of the Dora Milaje. What's her name? Okoye. Okoye. Right. Okoye. Very cool. And then, of course, Chadwick Boseman was in this one, too. Awesome. Mm-hmm. He didn't star in it, but he was a prominent character. Right. And then um, there was, this is where I'm going to stop kind of spoiling things, but there was one particular character that was zombified that I was just like, oh, shit. Every, it's a wrap for everyone yeah. uh, because they were hungry and it didn't look like anything was going to stop them. I'm not going to say exactly how it ends, but to me, it ended on what I would consider to be like a hopeful note, even though it was a dire situation. I really enjoyed it. I continue to enjoy this show. I'm talking a, a lot, though. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, what, no, you're you good. Think? You're good. No, I, I really liked it, man. Like you said, the characterization, the interplay between characters, the conversations, especially between Hope and Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, good stuff. Like it good was, stuff. Yeah, it was good. The action was good. I, I heard a lot of people saying they didn't like this episode as much. And I'm like, it's a zombie movie. You know what I mean? For all intents and purposes, it's a zombie movie. It might be my, like, it's not my favorite. I still think Doctor Strange is my favorite, but it might be my second favorite, second or third, at least. Yeah. I like it better than the first two episodes, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, they've all been hidden in different ways, so it's... Yeah. Yeah, I I really enjoyed it. There's nine episodes. So there is, we've got, okay, we've got yeah, we've got three more. Hey, that's good so, news. I love that. Yeah. I thought there was only going to be six. And, and I don't think we know. I think we only know one other one, and that's Killmonger saving Tony. Mm. That's the only other one that I like noticed in the trailer. So mm-hmm. there's two complete episodes that we have no idea what's going to happen. It wasn't shown in the trailer, so try to see. Interesting. Looking forward to it. Yeah. All right, let's update the folks on the games we've been getting into. I'll start with you. What have you been playing this week? I forget about if I talked about this last week or not, but I was playing Legend of Lagaya, and I was... Fuck, what's the word? Struggling? Yeah, I was struggling. You were grinding it for an hour to gain one level? Okay, yeah. So did I talk about that last week? You did. Okay. Did you not get any further? No, I didn't play anymore. I said, fuck this. (laughs) I'm going to put it down. And I'll pick it back up eventually. Like, I own it, so it's not going anywhere, but... Yeah, man. Pop on a podcast or something, you know? Listen to some Daily Wisdom with J.B. Smoove. Listen to our shit. We could use the numbers. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So, instead, I was, like, going through my games. I'm like, what should I play? What should I play? Wolfenstein 2. I've tried to play this game two or three times, and I always end up getting shot up really badly in, like, the first first level. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I put it on... Can I please play daddy? <laughs> Which is the easiest mode. Yeah, with the little pacifier in his mouth. Yeah, the pacifier remember. and the potted on his head. I low-key kind of hate that. Like, I get they were going for yeah. humor, but fuck you also. Right. <laughs> and I still barely got through it. Damn. Because, <laughs> like, like, either way, like, in that game, you cannot just run. Even on the easiest difficulty, you cannot run through guns blazing. No. Not trying ain't to that type of party. At least not in the yeah. beginning. Yeah. Yeah, so... You know, I get. I got to, I want to say, a third of the way through the game. I was like, okay, I'm feeling myself. Mm-hmm. I'm doing it. And I get to the end of the subway area where he crashes the train. And, of course, for some reason, it starts freezing 
during the cutscene, cutting up real bad, and then it just stopped. And so I backed out of the game, I closed it, and I had beaten the level already, so it was just a cutscene. And then the game had to update. So I updated the game, and when I went back into it, it put me back at the very beginning of the level. Oh. And I said, well, looks like I'm not beating this before Tales of Arise comes out. Wow. Because <laughs> I did not want to go back through that. I hated that. I should have just waited for that update when I started, but... I hate when that shit happens. I really do. Yeah. That sucks, man. It's, well, yeah. I mean, but Tales of Arise, though. Tales of Arise, though. So let me tell you, it dropped on the same night as 2K22. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I went I went up to GameStop to pick up my copy. It was fat. There were so many people there picking up 2K, and I was just like, wow. I'm here for something else. <laughs> yeah. I'm here for my nerd shit, baby. Mm. One of the employees was like, what are you picking up today? I was like, you know what I'm picking up. Do they though? Because I was yeah, expecting she knows, she knows me enough because I've talked. Oh, she to her knows enough. you. Okay. Yeah. I was half expecting them to like try to typecast you and go two K, but uh, at right, least they 2K, asked bro. you. That was polite. <laughs> yeah, I said no. Tales of a rise, baby. And then she's like, "Okay, good seeing you." And I was like, "Oh," because mm. I didn't have my mask on. I forgot my mask. Oh. <laughs> I guess she hadn't seen my full face, so she was. Uh, I think she was feeling the brother a little bit. Wow. Yeah, big, big juice. She's like, oh, them lips, man. Wow. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, she's not the only one feeling you today. It sounds like. Right. Yeah. Right. You, I told Vicky, I told Vicky that. She's going to have to, like, move your head to the side a little bit. I can't, I can't fit it in frame anymore. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not full of myself at all, but sure. I just that was funny. No, yeah. it's fu- it funny. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, Tales of Arise. Where do I start? Animated. Very well. The graphics, amazing. It looks better than any Tales game that's ever come out before it. The environments are not like copy and paste, like the same as they've been in past games. Mm -hmm. Like they each have their own distinct personality to them. So like in older games, you'd walk into an area and it'd be like, oh, it's grasslands. So it looks like just grasslands all over the place. You walk into another section of it, more grasslands. Yay, there's a tree right there this time. But it basically looked the same. But in this game, it's like just a bunch of different structures. No copy and pasted cliffs. The skyline looks beautiful. You can see the second planet by looking up in the sky. You can see the planet and the moon. It looks great. The voice acting is awesome, which, you know, can be hit or miss with uh, Japanese Are you listening to English or Japanese? English. Okay. English, English, English. I, I don't want to do no Yakuza stuff with this, where I have to play through the whole game reading what's going on. But most of all, the combat is, like, super, super intuitive. They mm-hmm. added, like, so much stuff. There were these things called, I think they were boost arts or something, where if you got your combo up high enough, you could do a move and it would one-hit kill the enemy. But it usually be, like, something real quick, like a quick slash or something. These are very flashy team-up attacks that'll finish off an enemy each character has a different team up attack with another character so there's there's six characters so what would that be like 12 all together or something i don't know i don't know i count i don't know my math i just know that's a lot and i can't wait to see them i've played it for six hours already and i got it at nine on thursday and at the time of recording it is what is it Yes, uh, less than 24 hours. Eight on Friday. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm playing it for six hours. I love every moment of it. 
there's a little bit of repetition in the battles, but that's always in Tales games. But it's so flashy and it's so beautiful. It makes you feel good. It's my JRPG comfort food, as it were. Cool. I know what I'm getting with Tales, and this has given me more than that. So, yeah. That's great. I, can't I beat love it. it. Can't yeah. beat it. All right. You should try it. I should. You should. I should. <laughs> I won't, but I should. I probably should. <laughs> I should do yeah. a lot of things. I should exercise right. more. Mm. <laughs> <sighs> well... All right, so last week I talked about Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut and how I was going to try to play that. I did. It is $30, by the way. Uh, Yeah, $20 for the Director's Cut and then $10 to upgrade to PS5. And I'm like... (sighs) Yeah. I threw down, you know, I was like, all right, well, fuck it. And I played through, and I mean, it looks great. You know, the 60 frames. I don't know if it was that or I just was having a good day, but... I was blocking all the attacks. Like, it took me a second to remember the moves, obviously. But once mm-hmm. I got into the swing of things, I was back to being the baddest samurai in the land. I didn't get to Icky Island. I was right. just kind of, because I was in New Game Plus, and it, it kind of pulled in my um, old save file. You know, it's funny. When I imported my PS4 save file, which luckily they just grabbed it from the cloud. They didn't try to, because I think I already had it local on my PlayStation 5 because I've been playing the multiplayer or whatever. Mm-hmm. And just, just like Final Fantasy VII Remake, just boop, 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 just trophy, just trophy, trophy, right. like for like an hour, awesome. just dropping trophy after trophy until I, because, you know, I, I platinum the original one. And I was just like, oh my God, there's got to be a way to bulk upload these or something. I don't right. want to have to listen to that and look at that the whole time. I don't time. know. That's kind of lovely to me. That would give me all of my, uh... <laughs> it was, what it is was that? The dopamine? that chemical? Yeah, all my dopamine. No. Yeah. Oh yeah. I already, yeah. already already achieved it before, so it wasn't really it was feedback. It's about All the it sound doing, more than anything. It was an annoying sound. I'm over here trying to <laughs> I was trying I'm to trying write haiku. Goo, God baby. damn it, man. <laughs> I don't speak Japanese, damn it. She could be singing the recipe to like shake and bake chicken for all I fucking know. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, I played the Ascent co-op. I uh, I went onto the Gamer Friends Discord and I was, you know, hey, does anybody want to play the Ascent with me? And Audio Nerd sixty four stepped up. Him and Big Nakruma are out there seeing uh, Shang Chi. Awesome. Yeah, they'll probably do a spoiler cast on it pretty soon. We need to see that. We need to go like the drive. They went to the drive through. Yeah. That's the hack. Right. Yeah. Me and uh, I think me and Vicky are going to go see it next week. It's our anniversary. So. Oh, you guys are going to see it on yeah. your anniversary. Well, not on our exact anniversary. That next weekend, I'm gonna be celebrating next all weekend. weekend. So, oh yeah. wow, oh all weekend, Ooh. all weekend, baby. Yeah, hotels must be Let's nice. Let's go. Must be mm-hmm. nice. Send the baby away. <laughs> but yeah, Do you um, know I I hopped on Cedric's file so I can play like with him, and it had me pick my save file when he invited me to the game. So I picked my save file, then I popped in, and it just put me at level one. Like a, a brand new character. And I was just like, oh, well, all right, whatever. That sucks. <laughs> so we're both at level one. We're playing, you know, I'm teaching him the ropes or whatever. And I'm having a lot of fun. Playing it in co-op is a bit of a different experience. The game is still tough, but it's, it's you know, you can revive each other. And that can be hard, too, if there's a bunch of people trying to shoot at you while you're trying to revive. Mm-hmm. But uh, there were some bugs here and there. We were laughing about that and had a really good time just hanging out with him. And then towards the end of our co-op play session, I thought back to how I selected my save file, but I didn't get my beefed up character. I got level one and I thought, 
what if I selected my save file to save a new game and I saved over my old character mm. and erased my old character? And I wondered that out loud. And then shortly before we finished, I checked. And uh, sure enough, I erased my ascent file, all my progress. Oh, no. A good 20 hours of gameplay at least. Oh, yeah. Guess you're done playing that game. (laughs) I was like, these (laughs) are the brakes. Break it up, break it up, break it up, break down. So (laughs) that sucked. But, you know, I probably will go back to it. But, yeah, that that put the brakes on the ascent for a little bit. Because, I mean, back in the day, remember when you had to save and there was no autosave? And you would do something and you forgot to save for like an hour. Maybe not even an hour. Sometimes even a half hour. But it's the it's the half hour where you felt like you did a bunch of shit. You went through your inventory. You managed everything. You're an RPG. Yep. You organized everything. You went and checked out all the shop. You're dipped. You're buttered. You're getting ready to leave the town. Power outage. And you're power like, outage. fuck this game for three days straight. Fuck it. Fuck, yep. it, fuck it. I'm not playing it. I'm done. Right? Mm-hmm. So that but 20 hours. <laughs> that's, what, that's what happened to me with Persona 4. That corrupted save file, I was 40 hours in. I was just like, well, guess I'll never see the end of this game. (laughs) But you did, right? No, I looked it up. Nope, I just looked it up. I was like, fuck it, what happened? I was like, who's the killer? Oh, wow, that would have been cool to find out. (laughs) Aw. Well, then you should have, yeah, the Royal. Royal would have been, because Royal is practically a new game. No, this Persona 4. Oh, Persona 4, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, then shit. Yeah. That's an oldie. That's rough. That's rough, buddy. Was that the Vita yeah. version? <laughs> no, it was the uh, PS2 version on PS3. Play the Vita. Play that Vita. It's on PC. Yeah, I know. Get on I Steam. Know. Your little right. uh, your little laptop. That can run Persona 4. Mm. Come on, baby. Can it? Start. Man, you better play that PC. Come mm. on. Put it on no, your Steam I will deck. Not fall to the dark side. <laughs> <laughs> it's really not the dark side. It's fine. I know. Um, okay. <laughs> I played. Fortnite for first time Tuesdays because I Ooh. have never played Fortnite before. And I specifically played it because I kept saying, I'm going to go check out that new Martin Luther King exhibit. See what's up. Right. <laughs> um, we've talked about it before, how in spirit, it seems like a good idea and implementation. They kind of fucked up. They had a moats on when it first launched and people were flossing and doing all kinds of weird shit. I learned recently mm. that there's a whip emoji. Oh, like whip and nene. Or like whip, as in oh no, yeah, oh, one, no. one of these. Uh, <laughs> so I'll let you, uh, I'll let you work out what that was used for. But they they mm. did eventually shut a, a emotes off. When I went to the exhibit, there was nobody there because I think I had to use a room code to get. It, that was half the battle. Like if you go and watch my stream, I couldn't even fucking find it. It was so hard. I had to Google it and then like read through a few times. Like it's not. What do you mean the crate area? There's no tab for that. <laughs> trying to figure out Fortnite. It was the most pathetic thing ever. It's like you have to get to level 30 before you can see the exhibit. <laughs> right. No, but you figured it, with all the news and buzz around it, it'd be more prominent. But I ended up entering, entering a code to get into the map for like like a the time time was the creator, and I went to the creator's map area. Mm. And, I mean, I just sat and watched the speech. I hadn't seen the speech since I was in middle school. The 17-minute speech on, on the hill or whatever. And I, I was just mm. like, oh, you know, it's a good speech. And then I played some Fortnite for the rest of the time, and I think they put you in with bots until you win your first match because the people I was fighting against were like stormtroopers. Yeah. They were shooting at me. Like I died a few times, usually from the environment because of the enclosing map. Uh-huh. You can't run very fast. So if the map closes past you, 
even if you haul ass, there's a pretty good chance you're not going to catch up to where it like encloses. It's really aggressive. Like most battle royales have a never shrinking map, so you can't just camp on the opposite side of the map the whole time. Mm-hmm. And that's how Apex worked. But Apex, you could run faster than the enclosing map. So if it came right. at you, you just ran the opposite way. Not so with Fortnite. That kind of fucking sucks about that game. You really have to be mindful about where you're at and when the map is shrinking or you're screwed. Damn. But I did win a match. I got in first. And I'm again, I'm pretty sure I played with bots. And then right after I got in first, I played a couple of matches where I think I met real people because I got bodied pretty quickly. Damn. <laughs> so I was like, there it is. So if you want to, if you want, I mean, again, we're single player guys. If you want a good ego boost, hop in and play the single player Fortnite where they put you in yeah. with bots. I have to admit, I kind of had fun. Like I can yeah. see why people love it. It was enjoyable for me. Even if I was playing against robots, it was still tense. And I was like, it's just me and this other guy. Ooh, where's he at? <laughs> I heard footsteps. Like, I was like, yes. Came out. <laughs> You're the winner. And I was like, yay. Hey, I won Fortnite. Dinner, I'm 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 gonna quit while I'm ahead. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't think I'll be personally going back to Fortnite because it's just not my gameplay style. I don't like you know just right. doing match after match at battle royale. But again, I get the appeal. So I didn't talk about it last week, but I'm still playing Call of Cthulhu: Dark Corners of the Earth. I'm gonna play some more tonight. Probably. I'm not sure if I'm gonna continue with it. I'm gonna decide tonight whether or not I'm having enough fun with it because the jank is real on that game. Mm-hmm. It's just. The checkpointing is wonky. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's terrible. There, are, Sometimes you'll die and you'll have to do like a, a large swath of the level over again. And there's just other horror games I want to get to. I kind of want to play The Evil Within again. I think that might be my next uh, Friday Night Frights game. So, Have you played uh, the second one? Yeah, I never got to play the, the sequel. And I got all the way to the end of The Evil Within and never finished it. I don't think it was oh. a corrupt save file type thing. I just poured, I guess, or yeah. another game came out. Sometimes you're you're digging a game, but then another game comes out and it just commands your attention. Mm-hmm. I remember I was playing a lot of Dark Souls and then Skyrim came out and I picked that up and never looked back. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and I mean, also Sky- Skyrim is much a much easier time. That It's more relaxing than yeah. Dark Souls for sure. Oh, yeah. And there's just, to me, there's there's so many different ways that you can play Skyrim. And there's really only one way to play Dark Souls and that's get your ass kicked over and over yeah. again. You know, you can see which one I'm more attracted to. And then I picked up, a few days ago, I picked up Fire Emblem Warriors again. Just uh, getting back into that. Trying to go for, like, my ultimate weapon builds. And I have, like, four DLC maps I still need to finish, like, with battles in them or whatever. And I played some of that on my Casual Thursday stream, too, and was hanging out. I can't stop playing you. I love Fire (laughs) Emblem Warriors. (laughs) What's that? That sounds bad. I can't stop playing you, girl. (laughs) Playing you, girl. <laughs> no matter how hard I try. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I can't I can't get over Fire Emblem Warriors. I don't know what it is. It's one of those games I keep going back to. I mean, Warriors games in general. That's just how it goes for yeah, me. Yeah. So. All right. Well, I think it might be time to get into gaming news. Gaming news. So, got a few stories this week. Got one big one. We've got a few yeah. smaller ones. I do the Kickstarters. Okay, I do mm-hmm. the Kickstarters. We notice a me book. Okay, I do the Kickstarters. I got a burrito game. I think from the guy that does the oatmeal Kickstarter. Okay, <laughs> there was a Kickstarter for hand drawn game guides for the NES, like a hand drawn game guide for Metroid, one for Castlevania. Mm. If I'm, I'm recalling from memory, there was one. 
for Ninja Gaiden. They looked like look them up online. I found it on Twitter and then, you know, immediately was like, here's my $70. I want all the books that you're making. It looked amazing. And of course, they didn't get a C&D, but a lawyer from Nintendo or not, not even from Nintendo, a lawyer from a, the game, one of the game companies that owns the IP for one of the guides he was making reached out and said, eh, it's great, buddy. I don't know. Yeah. And despite all the updates and all the amazing art I've already seen from this guy and because and, he was frequently updating me. He decided to go ahead and pull back. So Philip Summers is the guy's name. I think he's one to follow because his art is fantastic. He knew from Jump that it was a, a risk to launch storybook style Nintendo game guides. Uh, yeah. But he went for it and he got all the way through. It was uh, Metroid, Contra, Ninja Gaiden, and Legend of Zelda is the Damn. ones they were doing. A fucking hand-drawn Legend of Zelda guide. Oh, dude. Dude. Yeah. I'm so sad about this one. So... That's the game we play with Kickstarter and IP and other stuff, but you know, maybe we'll see the idea manifest itself again. Maybe he can get the rights, partner with them. I doubt it. Yeah. But a guy can dream. I hope that they take notice because this guy, he immediately made all the money. I think he made almost a half a million dollars before he decided to shut it down. Wow. Uh, because people are like, fuck yes, give us these books. Right. <laughs> so maybe they'll see that there's a market for that and they can hire him or somebody like him. Hopefully they'll hire him though. It's his idea. And, right. and make those guides because they'd be fantastic. I would totally get them. So, and even more bad news. <laughs> Although Uh-oh. bad news for who? I don't know. Well, some of you be the judge. Yeah. This part is definitely bad news. You know about Texas's recent abortion law that went into effect challenging Roe v. Wade and the U.S. Supreme Court's kind of flaccid response to it. And uh, we all mm-hmm. saw this coming from a mile away. I'll spare you the details other than that, like it deputizes citizens to sue without any kind of risk anybody involved with any kind of an abortion in the state of Texas after six weeks, which is fucking ridiculous. Right. The CEO of video game publisher Tripwire Interactive, think Maneater, I think that's one of the games they published. Okay. John Gibson is his name. He stepped down late Monday following severe backlash to comments he made in support of the anti-abortion law in Texas. He tweeted out, Proud of hashtag U.S. Supreme Court affirming the Texas law banning abortion for babies with a heartbeat. As an entertainer, I don't get political often. Apparently still too often, though. Uh, Yet with so many vocal peers on the other side of this issue, I felt it was important to go on the record as a pro-life game developer. (laughs) <laughs> so i don't yeah. really feel super sorry for him we've talked about it before just shut the fuck up yeah um shut up. but again we, we speak on our issues and we, we we were talking about this prior to recording you had mentioned that it's not really controversial to stand up against say like the accusations at uh activision blizzard yeah to say that it's wrong but I, I would argue that there's still an opposing side to that that will challenge the validity of the claims. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I would say I don't think it's right to legislate women's bodies. Obviously, there's an opposite side to that. But unfortunately for Mr. Gibson, these companies are out to please the most common denominator. They're out to please the most amount of people. And most of us are of the opinion that this law is bullshit. Yeah. So he kind of fucked up there. But it, I don't know. I mean, do you have any thoughts on a company ousting its own CEO for making a statement like that? The good, the bad, the ugly? I mean, you know, what does this mean for people voicing their opinions on social media? 
Uh, like we said before, just, just shut the fuck up. You, you have no stake in this. Yeah. <laughs> so there's there's no reason for you to send out tweet. I don't, Twitter gets people in so much trouble. Yeah, the thing and is, it's usually does, just people with money. I think he does have a stake in it. I mean, he's speaking up for what he thinks is right. Now, there's a lot of bad faith when it comes to the pro-life movement. And I'm, I hate to do this because I don't like pro-lifers. But I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and think that he just didn't stay awake in like eighth grade biology or he doesn't understand women's bodies he doesn't really talk to women past like surface level conversations maybe he doesn't understand like how damaging and terrible this law is maybe he's just like so strictly evangelical and religious that all of the gray area or context out of any situation is taken out you know what i mean yeah Uh, because it sounds like he literally thinks that it's killing a baby to do an abortion past a certain point and, and here, sorry, here's my thing with he doesn't have a stake in it. What I mean by that is that he's not a woman. Mm-hmm. He cannot get pregnant. So it does not affect him at all. Mm, I understand what you I mean, obviously it doesn't affect him physically, but, you know, like if my wife's pregnant, it affects me. And if my wife, uh, I'll give you an example. But is your, no, I'll well, this you, is, I'll give you okay, an, go I'll ahead, an go example. Ahead, I'll give you an example. Ahead. You remember on the episode when Kincaid passed away, it was back in May, and I discussed mm-hmm. us losing, you know, some kids and how that was like a rough month for us when we got him. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the kids we had to abort, and it was like 22, 23 weeks. Like, it was late, like uh, enough mm-hmm. for that kid to survive for a few hours after she was born. Now, with this law, we wouldn't have been able to do that, and Kristen would have died. Right. That affects me. Yeah. So, with him... Being on the opposite side of that, the effect to him, I think, is just anybody in his family or his fellow man or women in his life. Again, I'm not arguing for him, but I'm saying like this might be his mindset. Just because something's not happening directly to you doesn't mean that you don't have you have zero stake or that it doesn't affect you. Does that make sense? I mean, I get what you're saying. But like to me at the base, and we could talk about this all day, but to me at the base level, yeah, to me at the base level of this argument. If you're not a woman and you don't have to make any of the decisions or deal with the repercussions of pregnancy, having a kid, anything, then mm-hmm. you have no stake in this fight, in this law. You know, what? like, that's yes, fair. you can have you can have. Yeah, you can have a family member or a wife that's pregnant or whatever. But that's going to be down to what you two decide as a couple, mm-hmm. as a unit. You know, what I mean, there well, shouldn't be a that's law the crux saying of the you argument, can't make. Right. Yeah, there's not there's. Not a law that should say you can't make a decision on what's best for you and your family. No, at this point, yeah. you're you're making an argument for pro-choice. And I completely agree with the mm-hmm. logic of your argument. And I, I understand where you're coming from. So I, I completely agree. And I think it's yeah. a good point. I wish legislators thought that way. <laughs> yeah. But besides that, just shut up and get your money, man. Like, yep. <laughs> you work at a gaming company. Why are you... Why are you so heavily invested in <laughs> religion, personal beliefs? I mean, it affects but you us made, all. You, you, you made a game called, you're with a company that made a game called Maneater, where a shark goes around eating people. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. And even if they made a game where it was a person going around murdering people, it's like, okay, yeah, you're, you're religious, but you're. You know what I mean? You're fine with depicting. I, I get what you mean. He's body. being like, dogmatic in some areas, but he's yeah. loose in others. Like if he yeah. was, right. if it truly affected him on a personal level, then he's being strict in this area in his life. Yeah, dude. 
I don't go yeah. to. Yeah, this I get, is no shade it, it, against you because I know that you are a Christian. Yeah, yeah. But I don't go to the religious for logic, buddy. Like, yeah. people get wild when it comes to like the beliefs that they have based in faith, right? Mm-hmm. And I say based in faith because not based in fact. People often confuse faith and fact. They think if you have faith, it mm-hmm. means you believe without a shadow of a doubt, like you've seen fact. Like this is the truth, and it's like no, you have faith, mm-hmm. you believe it. But you can't act with the conviction that it can be proven because it can't. You know what I mean? Like, and I think right. that's where a lot of people fuck up. So, yeah. All right, moving on. What a yeah, hot man. mess get, of a situation that is. Get deep in there. I know, right? Getting deep in player two, baby. Woo, getting deep. <laughs> getting deep. Our advice: shut the fuck up, make yep, your money, up, get your shut the fuck bag. up, and make your money. <laughs> Speaking of making money, wada, mm. lot of lot of wada bullshit. <laughs> A lot of water bullshit. So I know you've been following this story closely, and I've been hearing tidbits here and there. For those who are unfamiliar with a previous segment we did, where was it that a copy of Super Mario 64 sold for yeah, like 1.5 mil? Yeah. Holy mm-hmm. shit. And then you were talking about, and I'm so glad you brought this up, that shady shit going down with the people who grade the game versus the auction, the pricing Mm -hmm. and the ownership and changing hands. And we, we've learned some more shit. So take it away, man. Cause this is interesting. Yeah. So basically a YouTuber by the name of Carl Jobst made a video explaining the situation between WADA and heritage auctions and all the dealings on the inside, like who owns what, who helped who create this company, And who's buying these games and pumping up these prices? Here's the thing. If you have a grading company like WADA, who is in business with the auction house, then you can have anybody inside the company buying these games, pumping up the prices, which then gets people to send more games into WADA, which you own a stake in, Mm -hmm. and that gets you more money. And then you can inflate the price of your service because guess what? If you send it into us, you can sell it for $2 million. Yeah. yeah, and I mean. you, you very literally, and and I know that this is something you saw too. What's the man's name? The is it the president? Uh, Mark Haspel. Mark Haspel. He's the chief advisor for Wada. Chief advisor. <laughs> He's very literally selling games on eBay, which to me feels illegal or at the a conflict of interest. Conflict at the very of interest. Least. Some insider tradery type. Yeah, this is things mm, going on. Like it's this is wild. Yeah. I had thought about sending some games into water too myself. And then I was just like, I don't know if like, if I did it, I feel like it, I don't know. I don't know the, the ethics of the situation. Cause it's like, if I send it in, is it going to be an actual person that buys it? And it's like, Oh yeah, I, I got this. And it's going to be worth a lot of money later. Or is it going to be somebody in the company? That's just like, okay, mm-hmm. let's pump this up. Let's pump this up. Either way. It's kind of like, well, you had enough money to, to spend on this to pump it up. And so. then you're contributing to this weird, fucked up, like, right. bubble what they're using to inflate retro game prices. Now, I know buying and selling retro games is your bread and butter, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it can be done ethically. And I think that's how we became friends because I, you know, I meet a seller who acts ethically. I hang on to that. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. there is a lot of shady shit in this business. So I think buying and selling, you know, that's fine. That's commerce. We all do it. I've, I've been buying and selling just for myself personally forever, especially when mm-hmm. I was younger and I had hardly any money. I was wheeling and dealing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Shaking and baking. Exactly. But the inflated prices on some of these games when there are so many copies out there floating around, like it's getting kind of fucking ridiculous. 
and yeah. games that aren't even that good. You know what I mean? But like, <laughs> you know, like and games but that are amazing. Like, look at Ninja Gaiden for the NES. You don't have to pay hardly anything for that. Amazing. Right. Then you take a shitty game like uh, like Back to the Future or something. Just, <laughs> just I don't mm. get it. I don't yeah. get it. So. Yep. So I mean, we're gonna keep on looking at this story. I'm wondering if there. <laughs> If the negative backlash is going to cause them to like kind of back off, or if it just doesn't even matter, and I'm leaning towards the second one, like I feel like this, yeah, like if you get all rich this enough, press doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah, once you get like millions of dollars changing hands, rich in this country, yeah. you're fine. Nobody, the government had would have to step in for this to matter. Yeah, and we and all they know might, the government's they just track <laughs> record. We all know the government's right. track record on holding rich people accountable. So I won't hold my right. breath. Well, well, there's also the thing of, like, are they paying taxes on this stuff? Like, are they paying even... their dues? Are they greasing yeah. the bombs of their local politicians? Exactly. If they're not, they should, because that's how right. that's how the rich stay rich <laughs> and influence legislation that affects the rest of us. America! Fucking sucks! Yeah! <laughs> uh, well, yeah. let's yep, get yep, into yep. some good news. So the, the yes. biggest story, the highlight of my week, the highlight of your week... The PlayStation Showcase. Kidding. <laughs> What'd you say? I said the highlight of my life. Just kidding. Yeah, I was gonna say, wasn't that great? You didn't seem that impressed when right. I called you mid presentation. You're like, mm, okay. Yeah, because uh, I jumped in like part way through. So I jumped in when they. I missed the first two or three announcements, which were announcements that I would have been excited for. Mm-hmm. But after <laughs> when I jumped in, it was like seven announcements that were trash <laughs> there was some fluff there was some fluff let's go over the highlights I'm, yeah. i got a little list here i'm just gonna read them off we have some stuff i'm not so excited about but worth mentioning and some stuff i'm really excited about gta 5 oh yeah march yeah. 2022 that's i mean can <laughs> we do that let's just end the episode right there gta 5 right. is coming march <laughs> for ps5 uh get used to the sound of that word by the way march 2022 get, march, used, to, get wow. used to hearing that so gta 5 ps5 and uh xbox and whatever else yeah mm-hmm. gran turismo 7 ps4 and ps5 march 2022 i've never been cool. a big gran turismo fan but i know a lot of people are really excited about that we got a gameplay trailer for for spoken yeah now you and I were talking a little bit about the trailer, and I tend to agree with you. I think that the gameplay itself and the traversal looks fantastic. I think mm-hmm. this would be a yeah. really interesting and neat single-player experience. I like that there is a black woman as a lead, Black Girl Magic. I'm into it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I like her character so much. Listening to her talk a bunch. Yeah. I know that you said she, she sounded like a white girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, again, I... And she could be. Yeah, the voice but actress could, could be... be yeah, but I, I feel like, like somebody would have pointed Uncharted. that out by now. Yeah, I mean, Nadine you know. and Uncharted was that's if they've released the cast list though. Mm-hmm. Actually, you know what? I think she is black because I think I remember. I remember seeing in her a previous yeah in a previous yeah. uh, event they actually showed her they talking about her. the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So or maybe so, she's just but the face I mean, I you know, <laughs> her voice could still be white, as in who wrote her dialogue, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, oof, and again, I don't like to get into that too much because black people are not a monolith. And especially as a white person, like you, you say it all you want. I don't like right. saying when a black person sounds white because I'm like, what are they supposed to sound like? Let them sound like however they want. That right. said, if you're gonna go there, you know, let them have their own voice. Like go there. I mean, even God, even Dan Hauser let fucking black people write the dialogue for San Andreas. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> um, so, anyways, 
I think Forspoken looks great. I'm really excited about it. Uh, yeah, Ghostwire Tokyo got a new trailer with some more gameplay. I think we've already seen a lot of it, but mm-hmm. it continues to look interesting. I love the horror mm-hmm. aspect of it, to be honest. I don't see raised uh, eyebrows. It's 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 on my radar mm-hmm. for sure, but it, it just kind of reminds me of like Bioshock. Same. Dishonored. Same. Like Deathloop. It, it, <laughs> it it might yeah, Deathloop I'm increasingly like less excited about. The more they the harder they push it, I'm like, why are you pushing it so hard? Uh, can we can we talk about that for me? I feel like they're pushing it so hard because they basically have two black leads. They're like, look at us, we've got black people in our game. You think so? Come by our game. Man, I just it look it's the same fucking thing as the gameplay and everything is the same as Dishonored. Yeah. There's even like Which some of the special No, I know, but game. like if you're, okay, gonna make, you if you're gonna make a new game, make a new game. Mm-hmm. But like I saw in that trailer that he used a I don't know, let's just say a spell, a spell that linked three enemies together and mm-hmm. then he killed one and it killed all three and i was like that was in dishonored it's yeah. the exact same thing <laughs> literally just reusing like shit i, I don't know man i got you. i don't know i got you i'm not in, i'm not interested in all right though. tiny <laughs> tina's wonderland finally got a gameplay trailer oh yeah oh yeah you suckers yeah. tiny tina baby <laughs> i'm i'm hey ashley what you playing <laughs> tiny tina did you ever used to watch hey ashley what you playing or hop as they used to call it uh-uh Look it up on YouTube. You might really enjoy it. So before okay. she became a voice actress, Ashley Birch and her brother, who you know worked at Gearbox for a bit, actually, shortly after they, and I think during some of these episodes they shot, they did a bunch of video game themed short skits. And mm. Ashley was insane. And she used that voice sometimes, too. And they were really funny. But it, the video would always start with her brother run it, walking up to her while she's got a controller in her hand. She's sitting in the chair. And he's like, uh, hey, Ashley, what you playing? And she's like, Legend of Zelda 2. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to check those out. But when I heard her voice acting for Tiny Tina in Borderlands 2, I was like, yeah, she's basically doing her goofy Hey Ashley voice. Right. But it looks fun. I mean, it looks very inventive. They showed a lot of different enemy types. There's guns in it, you know, but there's a lot of fantasy tropes, too. There's probably going to be a lot of jokes. I know some people who are really into the Borderlands style of humor and others who are not. It's really hit or miss with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't even try. I, I have it because right? I, I, it was like really cheap and I was like, might as well have it. But I haven't even tried Borderlands 3 because I was so burnt out on 2. Uh, but this is enough of a, a breath of fresh air that I might check it out, especially if it gets decent reviews. It's not a day one for me, but I'm, I'm eyeballing it, right? Yeah. I'm you probably think? not going to play it. I'm okay. probably not going to play it fair, just because fair. I haven't played Borderlands. Like... The first and the second game, I played like halfway through the second game, but they just, I don't know, they just don't do it for me anymore. That's fair. That's fair. All right. And then Uncharted 4 and Lost Legacy are going to get a PS5 and a PC release, which I know is exciting Ooh, a lot of people. And that's early 2022. Now, early 2022. Is it like March 2022? Maybe? <laughs> Probably. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, but Tiny Tina, by the way, that's March 2022. <laughs> oh jeez! <laughs> oh oh my god i forgot forspoken spring March 2022 you know you oh, know what man. month is uh during spring sometimes i think i think was it uh august march is like packed dude all right and then ooh, this one when i saw this i was like this is 100 percent Derek. project eve revealed yes. with gameplay mm, wow. don't you love a reveal with gameplay 
Don't you just love a reveal with a and and man, they showed a lot. They showed a lot of, of fights, boss fights, cutscenes, traversal, and, and different enemy types, set pieces, design, uh, shiny green booty, lots mm-hmm. of shiny green booty. Uh, they are that camera was up her ass. I think I saw her yeah, uterus at one point. <laughs> but um, I mean it. You know, hey, nice uterus, lady. Yeah. <laughs> It was, uh, I couldn't tell if it was horny cam or if it was, like, more celebratory Bayonetta. I'm leaning towards horny cam. But, I mean, Japan, yeah. what are you going to do? <laughs> but the game looks solid. Like, the gameplay looked really amazing, and I was, I'm, I'm into it. That's one I'm, you know, I'm, of all the single-player action games, that's, like, in the top three or five I'm looking at. Oh, yeah. So, good stuff there. And then, a little, so- like, very, very short trailer, but this is why it interested me. Did you see the trailer for Kid Amnesia? Or Kid Amnesia, but with the A, like, split from the Yeah, I just, after it went off, I was like, what the fuck? Right, and <laughs> and it said that uh, Radiohead was working with Epic Games to make it, and you heard, like, Radiohead singing in the background. And the yeah. only reason why that stood out to me is Radiohead is uh, my wife's favorite band. Oh, okay. uh, Yeah, yeah, so... I thought she's just Maybe. like as a musician, she just really respects them as musicians. She loves their compositions. Mm-hmm. And I thought, man, if they're making a game and it's like based off their music or whatever, that's huge for fans. You know what I mean? Right. But again, Maybe we got she'll zero play details. It. <laughs> yeah, maybe she'll play it. I don't know. But speaking of weird shit, then after that, or I, I don't know if I'm, I'm not, I'm not doing these in order. <laughs> but <Right>. sometime <laughs> during the presentation, we got the final confirmation of rumors have been flying all over the place. Alan Wake remastered. Yeah. And it's coming out real soon. October 5th. Yeah. On a PlayStation I, console uh... for the first time ever. Yeah. And it's a PS4, PS5, Xbox, and PC that they're releasing remastered. I'm probably going to pick this up. I, it sucks. I just recently got Alan Wake on 360 not too long ago. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, aye, it is what it is. It's going to do what it do. It's going to do what it do. And then uh, speaking of games that used to be Xbox exclusive, at the very beginning of the presentation, they just dropped it. There was like, Kabow! Star Wars! Knights of the Old Republic remake. I'm yeah. not even going to say arguably. I'm just going to say it definitively. The best Star Wars game of all time being yeah. remade from the ground up on ps5 now some speculated that this was a ps5 exclusive but i never say that unless i see that motherfucking word exclusive on the screen right. If it just says for ps5 to me that's one of two things either it's a timed exclusive or it's not exclusive but they ain't trying to give anybody else like their day in the sun exactly in this case it's a timed exclusive it looks like it looks to be confirmed an exclusive at launch whatever that means so uh, Series X players, possibly PC, and that's always up in the air. But Series X at the very least. Your day will come. Don't worry. Yeah. Uh, now, the last few stories are probably some of the most hypest. Let's get into Marvel. Mm, Specifically Insomniac Marvel. The best kind of Marvel. I think they showed off Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't care. I'm not talking about that. That's, they did. Who cares? That's square. Who gives a shit? Spider-Man 2. Ooh. Spider-Man 2. Trailer was great. We didn't get any gameplay, but, I mean, we could see Spider-Man's there. Miles Morales is there. We got narration from Gotta Be Craven the Hunter. Gotta, gotta be. be. Gotta be. Some cool shit. And at the very end, we hear another voice, very familiar voice, and from the shadows, 
We see a faint glimpse of a face. <laughs> exactly. Venom is showing up. We already. <laughs> yes. Yes. We will. We will. Um, amazing. <laughs> Ama- like, I'm so awesome. excited. So he's voiced. Venom is being voiced by Tony Todd. And for those of you who don't know who that is, that's the original Candyman actor. That's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. So he has good, a great voice. Good. He has a great yeah. voice. Yeah. Now, from the design, is this the Eddie Brock Venom or is this the Scorpion Venom? Okay, so spoilers for Spider-Man on PS4 if you have not played it. This is the Harry Osborn Venom. The Harry Osborn Venom. Interesting. Yes. Okay. Because if you, yeah, cause, I mean, you knew this, right? Well, I saw the stuff at the, like, the teasers at the end, but I didn't know necessarily that that was for that sure. That it was going to be. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah no, that's that's definitely going to be Harry. There's been iterations where Harry has been Venom, mm. so it's not something they're just making up new for this, but it's going to make it, I think, way more interesting than having, say, a Eddie Brock be Yeah, because the Venom. emotional connection's already been built up. I mean, uh, albeit off-camera. But mm-hmm. through the missions that you do for Harry Osborne's like labs throughout the city and then like their history and the dialogue between him and Mary Jane talking about Harry and all that stuff, there's going to be an emotional core to this. So yeah. it's going to be interesting yeah, to see how cool. that plays out. But it's not coming out till 2023. 2023. <laughs> I can wait. so far away. I can wait. It's fine. We got, we got God of War to keep us warm at night. Mm. Or keep us cold. Keep us cold. <laughs> But one more thing before we hop off of Marvel, and this made me super happy. One of my favorite video game superheroes to play as, and one of my favorite kind of superheroes ever, is the little short, angry Canadian man at five foot four, hair all over the body, and claws. He loves a good stogie. We're talking about Wolverine. Yeah. <laughs> it was a teaser trailer. Did you notice, eagle-eyed viewers noticed this, that he was in the princess bar? No, I didn't notice. Yeah, his known hangout, something that was referenced in Falcon and the Winter Soldier during that series. Oh, cool. Yeah, I thought that was pretty neat. But yeah, they show the bars torn up, there's blood, people are laying around looking, you know, like they got their asses kicked. He's at the bar drinking, he's got blood on his knuckles, somebody approaches him, the claws come out, Marvel Wolverine. In the corner you see Insomniac and you're like, yes, it's not Square Enix, yes! (laughs) And I was talking to you about this earlier in the week, I hope this does really well, and I hope Insomniac just continues to pluck individual Marvel characters for their own Spider-Man style game, because... I mean, it's not going to be a high bar to clear. I think it was much harder to do it with Spider-Man to make the definitive Spider-Man game because I haven't met a single person that's into Spider-Man games that would even try to dispute that Marvel Spider-Man is the best Spider-Man game of all time. Immediately. Immediately. Far and away, too. Mm -hmm. So Spider-Man 2 is the best on PS2. Shut up. No, 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 no. I mean, even the guy that developed that game, he got a chance to play Marvel Spider-Man. He was like, this is better. This is what we were going for at the time. We were limited right. by technology. The be- I mean, there's been good and bad Wolverine games or good and bad games with Wolverine in them. The best, in my personal opinion, will probably still be the one inspired by the bad movie X-Men Origins Wolverine. Uh-huh. So that one, which I recently played on Monday Night Brawlers, but that one for 360, the uncaged edition, the mature edition, to me is the best Wolverine game. And I oh, hope that sure. this game is going to be mature, too. It has we'll, to be. We'll see how that goes. I hope it will be. There was a, a quite a bit of blood on that bar, so I don't know what that yeah. means. But uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But I have every faith 
that Insomniac will take and no shade against Raven, but will blow Raven's game out of the fucking water. Yeah. Like, I think it'll be lead the us out of the darkness. Game. Yeah. The last thing to show up, something that you called an audible on last week, but you're not the only one. I mean, who in their right mind would do a showcase right now and not talk about it or show anything? But we got a, a pretty beefy trailer for God of War Ragnarok with mm, gameplay. With we love a good gameplay boys. trailer. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I just got to know, man. I mean, I don't think we discussed this at all, but I know this is one of the ones you're looking forward to the most. I mean, what you think? I'm, yeah, it's it's more God of War. Yeah, not necessarily. It, uh, yeah, no, it doesn't necessarily look a whole lot better, but that game already looked amazing mm-hmm. at the time of release on a base PS4. So it's kind of like, you know, what are you, you going to do? It's coming out for PS4 as well. So that's probably why it's not looking as crisp and PS5 as it should. But honestly, when you get down to it, if you've got great gameplay and a good story, you've got me. And it, and it looks great anyway. Like the graphics are amazing. So there's no mm-hmm. lacking on that front. But oh man, this trailer, they showed a lot. They did. And that story, and afterwards they actually showed some artwork stills of some of the characters, and we got our first look at Thor, and he's a beefy boy. He's a beefy boy. He's a big boy. He's got the the beer belly and everything. I was like, okay. Yeah, he looked like he might be one of them jackass boys. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm Thor, and this is swinging a hammer at your face. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But yeah, it looks it looks amazing. Mm -hmm. Uh, We get to see Freya. Mm-hmm. trying to kill kratos for what he did in the first game and yeah it's good to actually see that take fruition because i was like okay but what you gonna do really though freya yeah. <laughs> yeah, i'm gonna come at you like a spider monkey i'm all hopped up on <laughs> basically <Mountain Dew>. um, <laughs> yeah i the god of war from from norse uh what was his name yeah Thor. they end tier. up or tear and then yep. he ends up showing up and i love i mean i knew it just from the size of his face but i was like he's gonna stand up and be huge <laughs> not that that means anything to kratos he's like yeah you're much shorter than most of the guys i've killed exactly <laughs> so but no i just whew. you see a little bit of traversal and different gameplay elements with the blades of chaos i've noticed and yeah, he can grapple enemies and stuff here and there but yeah it's gonna be more god of war and like you said i'm not mad about that i think it's gonna be great it's gonna be a wonderful adventure i think it's gonna hit just as hard and they're evolving the relationship between Kratos and Atreus. Atreus is a little bit older, right? He's starting to mm-hmm. challenge Kratos a little bit more. His voice got a little deeper. <laughs> Not as deep as Kratos, but he's trying. Right. So now yeah, he can't even call him. Oh, he's a teenager. Call him boy. He'll have to call him young man. <laughs> young man. <laughs> boy? <laughs> right. <laughs> what happened to you, boy? <laughs> Growing up, so... Yeah, it was uh, overall. I mean, I left some stuff out that who gives a shit. I mean, no, I'm, you know, to be fair, I left some stuff out, and there were probably some games I left out that would be of interest to other folks. I saw some cool things here and there, even some new stuff that I left out, but just wasn't really on my radar. So I think it's a showcase worth looking up and then just fast forwarding through the bits that you're not interested in. And that's kind of how yeah. I watched it because I started it like a half hour late. So I was able to fast forward through a lot of it. Like the whole death loop thing. I was just like, you skip. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it was it was great. They put together a great showcase. It was very exciting. And I'm super pumped for a lot of these games. So Yeah, me too, man. I can't. Can't wait. Can't wait. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's wrap up gaming news and talk about something we set up last week. We had that listener question from John R. So for those who don't recall from last week, 
Marvel's What If inspired a question, what your video game What If would be an alternate universe video game history caused by an event changing. Again, his example is Pokemon releasing 10 years earlier on the NES and what effect that would have. And then you mentioned last week, what if the Nintendo PlayStation came out? So for those who don't know, in the history, in video game history, Sony approached Nintendo about cooperating with them to create a disc-based console notoriously nintendo backed out at the last minute kind of screwed sony over and then sony out of spite was like well we'll release our own shit and then the playstation one was born and they carved out a huge chunk of the market and even took some game franchises that were traditionally nintendo exclusive like final Fantasy, fantasy because cartridges are a little bit harder to program for and they're more expensive so a lot of people saw the disc, the CD-based option on PlayStation and were like, let's rock with Sony. Yep. Now, you had a whole week to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> what implications or what kind of alternate realities are spanning from this in your mind? Nintendo PlayStation, it comes out. It does gangbusters. I mean, it kills the sales charts. Then we're looking over at Sega. Sega's just coming out with a new system and it's not doing so well well guess what now microsoft wants to get into the gaming business but they don't want to put their neck out like that so they decide to partner with sega mm-hmm. which kind of quasi has already happened because sega kind of developed a lot of games for xbox as well then you have the sega xbox okay and so now you've not got the big three you've got the big two going at it with each other And now we only have two choices for companies to choose from for games and consoles, which is not great. But, you know, at least we don't get the Dreamcast and the Saturn dying on us because those are good consoles in themselves. But, you know, they just uh, they just they just couldn't stand up to the juggernauts that were Sony and Nintendo. So you think the issue with Sega was one, they didn't have Microsoft fuck you money. And two, mm-hmm. they were going up against the one-two punch of Nintendo and Sony. Oh, for sure. PlayStation 2. For sure. If PlayStation didn't come out and it was just the Nintendo PlayStation and that was it, Sega would still be in the game. For It'd sure. have a bigger market share. I gotcha. Oh, yeah. For sure. It'd be 50-50. Interesting. Yeah. I like that. Like, I... Yeah, me too. Because then you got <laughs> you got all those series or that were on the uh, exclusive to Sega, like Power Stone, Canon... Fast forward, <laughs> fast forward a few years to Smash Brothers, specifically Melee, and uh, all of mm. a sudden Kratos is in Melee, <laughs> <laughs> right? But do we even get Kratos ever? You know I, what mean, I mean, I mean, maybe. Yeah, I, but, I, I agree with you though. Nintendo does seem to shy away from first-party mature games. Name a Nintendo first-party game that's mature. I can think uh, of Mad World is like the only one I can think of. And again, that was developed by Sega. Oh, that wasn't even a first party game. Exactly. Yeah, well, it was exclusive. <laughs> and again, it was developed by Sega. And, and that's the <laughs> difference. There's exclusives and then there's Nintendo or first party developed. Because I could think of Eternal Darkness, but I think that was Crystal Dynamics. Probably. I, I can't remember the developer, but again, that's Nintendo exclusive. It's even celebrated in Smash Brothers, which I think is hilarious with the spirit. Um,. <laughs> Fatal Frame, they had one, but again, that's not first part. That's not, yeah. 
I can't think of I a single one. I don't think there is Maybe one. Maybe there would be no Kratos. Jesus. Exactly, man. Are we getting... I don't think Crash Bandicoot exists either. Maybe not. Well, you know, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Well, no, because that was... I feel like Crash Bandicoot was Sony trying to go after Mario. Right, right. So they, they went to Naughty to. Dog. Right, exactly. Okay. Yeah, but Naughty Dog could have still come out with their own. I mean, because if they were somehow under the umbrella of Sony or still somehow like were to develop games, maybe they wouldn't be exclusive to Sony Nintendo or maybe they would. But they'd probably yeah. eventually make the games they want to make and that would include platformers. But you're right, Crash seems like such an answer to we need to have our own quote-unquote Mario. So I get you there. Yeah, and you also got to think if Sony is just basically providing some technical and money aspects to nintendo they're not really involved in the development of games or going after companies then nintendo is just going to do what nintendo does yeah and that's its own thing yeah you even with less competition they always go their own way to me it seems like it would be a bad thing like it would lessen the diversity in the games market to me oh yeah <laughs> yeah to me I, yeah i, I, I never said thing. it was a good thing <laughs> yeah no no i mean it was you know you're right just a lot of implications we were thinking about how things you know so Sega dying is kind of rough, but again, Xbox came Thanks. in and filled that yeah. void, and you got the big three, and of course, you know, PC, mm-hmm. and then you got the indie game scene, and Xbox was fostering that to try to get more exclusives and stuff on their side, so that really helped the indie scene grow. Who knows what the indie scene would look like if Xbox hadn't gotten in the game or, or got in with less competition. Who knows? Yeah, I so. think we would have gotten a lot of the things that we did get. It just would have taken a much longer time. You think so? Okay. That's yeah. fair. That's fair. Yeah. All right. Well, I did think of a what-if scenario. So my what-if okay. for gaming history would be, what if the Final Fantasy movie didn't bomb? Oh. <laughs> what if Final Fantasy the movie was amazing? Final it Fantasy really The Spirits good. Within was amazing. This, yeah. Sir. Uh, well, I'm just kidding. Mm. <laughs> it, was, it was not good. Mm. If everybody remembers the effect of that hot, like that costly movie, like everybody, I mean, I even me, I, I lauded like how realistic it looked at the time. And now you go back and you go, oh, this looks like reboot. Right. <laughs> reboot. Um, <laughs> it bombed and lost the company a lot of money. And so Hironobu Sakaguchi does what Japanese CEOs do. And he's like, I'm stepping down because I, I, I steered this ship and I fucked up. Mm-hmm. And then that also caused the Squaresoft Enix merger, right? Yeah. So Squaresoft and Enix probably would not have merged, at least not initially, uh, when they did. And Hironobu Sakaguchi and, uh, by extension, Nobu Umatsu would have stayed with Square and they would not have split off and made Mistwalker. So mm-hmm. you may not have gotten those exclusive RPGs for Xbox, uh, Blue Dragon and Lost Odyssey, or the last mm. story for Wii. You would have gotten iterations of those stories because they were probably already written down somewhere or in Hironobu's heart, and that would have been maybe future Final Fantasies or other games that Square would have put out. Right. Square may have actually just stuck with RPGs and not had branched out to try to publish other games. We may have just gotten better games from Square and Enix. Uh, they, you know, who knows if they would have modernized as quickly or uh, how they would have branched out. Yeah. But I think that the future of Final Fantasy itself and pretty much every game in the final fantasy series after 10 would have been hugely different personally in my personal opinion probably better but again the the effects of all that is what i've been thinking about all week i think it's pretty fascinating yeah speaking on something you mentioned in there i think blue dragon would have turned out to be a dragon quest game but it was 
it was Mistwalker, though. Why? I mean, are you saying like because Hironobu Sakaguchi, like that was his company? They made that game, right? So how would it be Dragon Quest if he's not oh, working wait. for Enix or they didn't buy Enix? I confused myself. I'm sorry. It basically is a Dragon Quest game, though, for all intents and purposes. <laughs> not really. Oh. Have you played it? It's nothing like Dragon. Quest. Hell yeah, I beat it. The only, I love the, that only game. the only. Character... Well, I know the 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 character design is. It's the just same. the art. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just but, it's just know. the character designer. That's it. Nothing else about Blue Dragon has anything to do with Dragon Warrior or Dragon Quest. Like Dragon like Warrior and Dragon Quest, up until its most recent iteration, is a very traditional turn-based RPG that covers a very specific formula, usually a very specific type of game world. And the mm-hmm. mechan- there, there's, there's obviously a turn-based RPG in Blue Dragon. The, the mechanics, the, the shadow mechanics, the overworld mechanics, the story, the music, everything else is different. I cannot okay. in good conscience compare the two other than the art. <laughs> I kind of want to play that again now. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. I liked it. One thing I really liked about Blue Dragon was you got this ability where, because you could start battles in the overworld if you bumped into an enemy, which is great. If you activate this uh, specific ability, a sphere would appear around your character. You probably remember this. And if you bumped into an enemy that was weak enough, you would automatically defeat them and just take the experience mm-hmm. points. Yep. I love, love like it. running into low-level enemies, just mowing them down. I thought that was hilarious. Awesome, awesome. Anyways, all right. <laughs> so we did get one response on TikTok. So channel best.tick.tacker. Best TikTacker. He wrote in, he was like, what if Mario was released today? And I was like, huh. Mm. <laughs> so NES, you can argue that one of the games that put NES on the map, platformers specifically, would be the original Super Mario Brothers. Right. It was a pack-in game. It was revolutionary at the time. It got a lot of people into it. There's a lot of people that have really good memories. If Mario's released today, you don't have that flagship platformer. You don't have the history of games that followed. And then the Mario Extended Universe. Would you even have Smash Brothers? Would you have like, would you yeah. have Mario Party games? Would you have Mario Kart? You know, what you I mean? also like, probably don't sell as many consoles. Exactly. Would not having because again, you had Zelda and you had other good ideas too. Yeah. But when you take Mario out of the equation, if Shigeru Miyamoto didn't launch with that, would he have had enough backing and standing and success behind him to even get the other games out the door? I feel like if Mario was released today. Or if it took until today to get Mario out the door, it wouldn't. It would either be a Nintendo that's not as strong putting it out, or it'd be another company because Nintendo didn't make it. Uh, I know that's yeah. a bold statement, but like that's how huge fucking Mario. Like when mm-hmm. you think of Nintendo, that's the first thing you think of. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. He's ubiquitous with the company. That's like thinking about you know Pac Man and the arcades and Namco or um, Sonic and Sega. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, imagine if Sonic or Sega never had Sonic. Would they have survived? <laughs> no. Right? <laughs> so, nope. Yeah, it's just something to think about. So, yeah, mascots used to be a big fucking deal. Big, huge big deal. deal. Huge deal. So thank you, Best TikToker, for that crazy thought. I don't want to live in a world where he was just not released. <laughs> right. <laughs> Give me the history of Mario, please. Thank you. I like how all of our what ifs just turned out worse. I, 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 well, I guess right. not. Mine wasn't. Mine was like, yeah, better Final Fantasies. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but other than that. So, all right. Well, this week then, before we wrap up, there's one question I've been wondering all week. And I just got to know, Derek, what are you feeling? So I got a chance to check out The Witcher Nightmare of the Wolf film on Netflix. That See? is what I'm feeling this week. Oh, okay. It was so dope. 
Yeah, you liked it? <laughs> yes, I loved every minute of it. I know you said... Uh, tell me, what were, your, what were your issues with the movie? I know I tempered your expectations. So if you recall our conversation our conversation from last conversation. week. Our conversation. <laughs> you recall I have tree jobs. <laughs> if you recall our conversation from last week, I discussed how it almost was kind of too bombastic in the beginning. Like that opening action scene was awesome. But I was just like, it was, it was great. I was, I'm pulling off of my knowledge of the Witcher and going, is this Castlevania again? Like it was, right. just, it was a lot, you know what I mean? And to me, vulnerability is one of the things that makes Witcher interesting. Like he's not just a fucking superhero. Like he mm-hmm. can get his ass kicked a lot and he has to go in with a lot of research it kind of flew in the face of that, like making Vesemir this almost invincible badass. Yeah. And again, they pulled back a little bit, and you, you do see some present danger here and there. And then the pacing, how things kind of progressed, and how predictable the plot was, and then a lot of things that they refused to explain or just kind of threw in there that I thought didn't really make a cohesive narrative unless you had all of this extra knowledge as like a Witcher fan. And mm-hmm. so I just thought it could have been composed better. I thought that while its parts were awesome, when you summed them all together, they didn't add up as high as I think they should have. I don't know if that makes sense or not. No, I, I get it. I'm not as deeply engrossed in The Witcher as you are, but even not having all that knowledge, like I, I really enjoyed myself. I followed it along very well. Okay. I thought it was paced out great. Like the reveals, while some predictable, some I was like, oh shit, I wasn't really, I don't know why I wasn't expecting that, but I wasn't expecting so spoilers, when the old woman that was his friend, when mm-hmm. or the, his childhood his girlfriend, basically. his childhood yeah. girlfriend, yeah, was the old woman. I was like, I didn't even think about that because they had been hinting at, like she had been talking about how the witchers don't pick fights with the witchers. She was defending you know, they're, the witchers, they're dope. Yeah. right? I saw but it coming, but only because I know like, how long they live. <laughs> right. So I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that was pretty. That was pretty dope. And how they circle the first monster that he fights has implications that's the mystery like what was going on with that thing and i think it paid off pretty well mm. towards like the midway point of the movie okay and then the end but yeah he was kind of an unstoppable force a little bit <laughs> but i mean what i'm gonna say i don't like seeing the main character of a show kick ass like i i love that shit and it was amazing and the voice acting was top tier i think it was very good. Yeah, voice acting was uh, very good. Yeah. yeah, animation was, again, very good. Animation very good. is excellent. It's one of my favorite parts of that, is it, for it, sure. Was that the same studio that did does Castlevania? Yep, and Seis Manos. Okay, yeah. Uh, I don't want to talk about Seis Manos. I, I love like Seis that. Manos. You shut your mouth. <laughs> you shut your mouth. <laughs> listen, like, everybody, like don't listen to Derek. Go Get on Netflix and go watch Seis Manos. It's great. I loved it. <laughs> I did it. not like I loved that it. show. But, uh, talk about yeah, people, man, were, that's vulnerable. What I'm people were vulnerable in Seis Manos. Like yeah. there was some actual peril going on. Like you were worried about the characters and this one, I was like, I mean, a it's a prequel. So I knew Vesemir was going to be fine. But B I was right. like, he can't be stopped. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, that's what I'm feeling this week. Uh, I might actually watch it again. Like with animated movies, I can watch them. I might watch it again too. You know, yeah, I can watch them chance. quite a few times Yeah, without getting bored of them. Well, so, I, yeah, that's what I'm feeling this week. I'm feeling a Twitch streamer and a TikToker actually and i found her on tiktok and what i really like about her is she's a single player girl kind of like us uh girl or boy we are boys (laughs) single player (laughs) gamer right 
she plays Animal Crossing, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, stuff like that. And she just seems like really warm, really easy to watch, a really sweet person. And her tag is at Judy Swag with two G's. So if you're on TikTok, you can look up Judy Swag. Or if you're on Twitch, at Judy Swag, you should be able to find her pretty easily. Throw her a follow, a few likes on her videos if you dig what she's putting out. Like I said, I like her style. I actually, uh, I think I reached out to invite her on the show. I've reached out to a few other people since we talked to what, you know, what you should play. And Mm -hmm. I'm noticing a trend with a lot of TikTokers. And maybe it's just the nature of being, because I I think I reached out to one one guy and a few women, including Judy. And I think maybe the nature of being a woman on the internet, the guy's pretty receptive and the women are like, "Ah, I don't know. And we've yeah. had women on the show before, but even then, like, I've noticed that they were a little bit extra cautious when I would reach out to them. And I get it. It's got to yeah. suck being in this space. I yeah. mean, not to shit on gamers, because I think for the most part, a lot of us are pretty decent. But there's a vocal minority that just makes it. I mean, we talked about Twitch last week. The links that some of these motherfuckers will go <laughs> to make other people that are not them have a bad time in this space. It infuriates me. And then it makes it hard for me to genuinely connect with them because they're gun shy. Because is this a psycho that's going to steal my information and dox me and swap me and whatever else? Right. And it sucks. But I still think I want to highlight, even if we can't get her as a guest on the show, I want to highlight her channel. Because I think that supporting streamers and TikTok creators like this that are putting out really decent content, I think it's a great way to counteract that. So if you're sick of that kind of bullshit like i am and you're looking for a decent streamer tiktoker to follow i mean again follow me and my shit of course Mm -hmm. but also check out judy swag she's a lot of fun i'm really enjoying her channel and checking her out so that is what i am feeling this week and i think at this point that's a show man yeah put in a a good good, one good solid 90 probably be a little bit less after i edit but you know how that goes yeah. All right, well, we're going to take a break to pay those dues to our host, Anchor, and we'll be back to close it out in just a few moments. Don't touch that dial. All right, and we're back to close it out. So one thing I want to point out, regular listener of the show, he's wrote in with a lot of listener questions, Ron B., actually started a TikTok recently, and he's putting out a lot of videos, some are gamer-related, some are political. So if you're into gaming and you like left-leaning politics i think he might be a channel you want to check out Uh, his handle is big ron baby (laughs) and he's got some funny videos on there and some cute ones with his kids and different stuff like that so you know check him out if you're interested and speaking of checking things out if you're interested i hear derek that you have a store where you Mm -hmm. sell goodies of the gamer variety Possibly more. If our listeners were interested in getting their hands on those gamer goodies and more at a decent price, where can they reach out to you at to find those deals? They can find my items for sale at ebay.com slash str slash gamer goodies and more. I've recently been selling a lot of like action figures and stuff. I've got G.I. Joe's, Marvel figures, DC figures, so much, plus you name it, video games, it's there. So check it out. I've got about 800-something items listed right now. And on Instagram, you can follow me at GamerGoodiesMore and Twitter at Goodies underscore more. And I look forward to hearing from you and possibly doing business with you. Excellent. All right. Well, you can find us as a podcast pretty much everywhere. Now, of course, we have our main hub. 
That's anchor.fm slash player two is there the pod. We're uploading an episode every single Sunday. Don't miss a beat. Haven't since we started. But if you don't like Anchor, you can also check us out on Breaker, Google Podcast, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. You can also find us on Facebook.com slash Player 2 has entered the pod. YouTube, Player 2 has entered the podcast. TikTok, at Player 2 has entered the pod. We have a Patreon. That's also Patreon.com slash Player 2 has entered the pod. And, of course, we have an email that you can reach out to us, and that is mcpaperstacks at gmail.com. If you have questions, stream suggestions, want to check us out, give us some feedback, we're open to it all. We really love interacting with our listeners, and we would enjoy hearing from you. Me personally, if you want to get at me, I'm on Twitter, at MikePetersonAL. I also have a Twitch stream that I'm streaming throughout the week, Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, horror games, brawlers, New games, different stuff like that. You can check me out at twitch.tv slash mcpaperstacks. If you want to check out my past uploads of streams, that's on YouTube at mcpaperstacksplays. And that, I believe, is our show. We appreciate you coming out and listening to us every week. We love you, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Peace.